Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in the world. I hope you're doing well. Um, for me, I, I feel almost like I'm a student in a class, in a never-ending learning school. I continue to find out new things about myself, about God, about the world around me, about people, about situations, things that have happened in the past. I'm learning more about the Bible, the Word of God. You know, just... I'm just in a continuous learning mode. I'm just, I'm like a student who continues to learn. Sometimes I feel like I have just dropped on the planet, you know, because I find out that a lot of things that I thought I knew, you know, I am now, it's almost like I'm, I'm starting, I'm in kindergarten again. And, um, you know, it's, it's, or like I've been asleep and I just woke up. It's every, a lot of things just feel so new. I don't know if I'm alone in this, you know, but I get that sense of I am just learning. And I think it's because, first of all, I think I'm in a new phase of life right now. And I've also gone through things that have challenged almost everything that I have believed about myself, about my world, about the people around me, the things that I thought were black, we have turned out, you know, things that I thought were white. Still, that I mean, let me not use the colors. I mean, the, the things that I thought were one way have proven to be something else. The things that I thought I knew, it's become clear that I didn't really know those things. The people that I thought I knew, I trusted. It's become clear that I didn't really know them, and that I really had my trust was misplaced. You know. Even myself, I've discovered things about myself that I didn't know before, you know. I have definitely seen, understood, seen God in a completely different light in terms of his expectations from me, you know, what he holds dear to his heart and his view and how the world works. And, you know, it's just... So some things I would say, okay, that it's not changing, but some fundamental things have, have also changed. And one of the things, I mean, there are a lot of things that I would say that I now know differently. So one of them is that, and I think, again, it's not like I didn't know some of these things before, but, you know, there's a difference between knowing and knowing, you know. So I I think there's a deeper level of knowing, there's a deeper level of understanding, and it's now also classified with personal experience. So now I, I realize that this world is a temporary place and it's a very abnormal place the current world that we're in is abnormal it's not the way god created it to be it is faulty it is flawed it is corrupt it is a system that is designed to make people fail fail morally fail spiritually fail righteously thank you holy spirit for giving me those words that is what it is it is rigged against anything that is good, that is holy. And that is not the way God created the world. It is a broken world. It's a broken system. And there's, there are forces, there are, human, there, are, there are beings and personalities watching over that evil and making sure that it, the world continues to re- remain in its broken self. It has, there's also a, a world system that has 
is invested in making sure that whatsoever things are evil, whatsoever things that anything that is a lie is supported, anything that is is going to steal, to kill or destroy is is given enough momentum, anything that corrupts the way in which God would rather us have things, anything that exalts the knowledge of the devil, of evil, of corruption, of you know, any sort of oppressive thing higher than God's way, God's standard and God's perfect um, state of things. That is what will be given momentum. That is what will be given oxygen. That is what will be given space to grow, to create, to move in the hearts and the lives of men. And this system is a system that is geared to make it so much easier to be a certain kind of person. Negative, corrupt, vile, hateful, envious, spiteful, manipulative, um, you know, um, completely amoral, self-serving, selfish, wicked, murderous. You know, this world system rewards, encourages, nurtures that kind of behavior. The cruelty that we see against innocent people. I mean, I saw a newspaper article yesterday of a man who brutalized a 10-month-old baby so badly, his own child, that the baby's right arm had to be amputated. And if you see this innocent, angelic-looking child, you would wonder what will possess a human being to do this. Even to do it to an animal, it takes some doing. But to do this to a baby, defenseless baby, how the baby even survived that vicious attack is, is beyond me. But that child will grow up now. A child that was born perfectly able-bodied will grow up with a story to tell. Because everyone will have to tell him or her, this is what happened to you. It's even in the papers. It's on, it's, it's on the internet. So that child has a defining story crafted for him or her based on the evil and the cruelty done to him or her by his own biological father. That's the kind of evil we see in the world today. And this kind of evil has always existed from the days since Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. So, a lot of the journey that I've been on, and I think I've recorded this, God has led me to talk about this on all the episodes of this podcast, is really coming to terms with the fact that why on earth are we all living in this world as though everything is normal here? What I liked about the early church, Jesus's ministry and the ministry of the apostles that you know is recorded in the new testament is that everything about what they they said and they did showed that they realized this state of the world was very real to them they realized that this was a broken and corrupt world it wasn't a normal world and which is why they could literally pack up their entire lives and walk towards the fulfillment of god's purpose and mission to restore humanity within this broken world and bring us to a place when God will finally come back and restore all things. They realize that, that their life on this earth is nothing compared to that which will be. They realize that they cannot invest everything. They realize that they 
cannot invest everything in this natural world as though there is nothing else or this is all there is about it. So I just want to read some scriptures today talking about the difference between the world and or God's perspective of how the world is. And I'm going to start reading from the first book of John chapter 2 verse 15 in the New Testament where John the author said he was talking about love generally and he was talking to the early church the people listening at that time and he said do not love the world neither the things that are in the world if any man loves the world the love of the father is not in him and I'm just going to read um, there are a number of verses talking about the world from God's perspective I think this one though I may like to read it in detail. Let me see that that first John two fifteen, and see what it says. So the verse before that was saying that, um, yeah, love not the world. Yes, for he, the, if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, excuse me, the love of the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. So here he was really talking to, you know, people to let them know that this world, you, you, you can't afford, once you have the love of the world in you, like you really love the world. And there are things to love in the world. There's fun, there's entertainment. I think people who, you know, there's a phase you go through in life where you've never really had certain kind of challenges. So you just love the world. You love the fun, you know, the youthful exuberance and all that. And whether it's, you know, wine, money, women, you know, whatever it is just gets your it gets you going but there are some people who then go through certain traumatic experiences and then the world is not as bright a place as they thought it was and um, you know but what god is saying is that on whichever side of the divide you find yourself you we all need to know i need to know that the love of the world means that i do not have the love of the father in me because <laughs> i mean this is really amazing so god because it says the love of this world that has all these things that we all run after, you know, like houses, assets. God says if you love all those things, you love this world as it is on earth, then it's an indication to you that the love of the Father is not in you. So to love God is to hate the world. That's what it means. Romans 12 two talks a bit more about this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, Paul, this time, a different Bible author, speaking in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, is saying that anybody that is conformed, in other words, you are conforming, you are doing what the world is doing. You are running after the things that the world, people of the world are running after, even though you are a Christian. He says, if you are conformed to this world, you, you will not be transformed by the renewing of your mind, but that the task, the quest of every Christian should be for us to seek to prove that which is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Again, contrasting the will of God against the behavior of the world. So when I see us as Christians conforming to worldly standards in terms of who we are, what we do, what we seek after, what we lust after, what we spend our time on, what we spend our money on, the things that we count as success, social status, awards, um, you know, degrees, houses, you know, lands, we're conforming to the world. And there is no way, the Bible makes it very clear that a double-minded man is unstable in his ways. That it's not possible for us to have the love of God, to be serving God and serving mammon at the same time. Mark 8, 36, this is Jesus now speaking. It says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Again, Jesus making that contrast 
against between the world and the soul of a man between this the, 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 the what god has invested in the soul of man and what the world has to offer you can imagine i mean this scripture really blows my mind every time i think about it because and i quote it a lot even in my conversations with friends because for jesus to say what will it profit a man he didn't even say what will it profit all of humanity he was talking about one man one life one soul one heart like me he said what will it profit shola it shola gains the whole world in other words she's the richest woman on the world in the planet or the richest human being she's on the top of the forbes um 20 100 fortune 500 whatever and in the process she loses her own soul i don't even think it's possible for you to be on the top of any of those tables and not lose your soul john 16 33 also jesus says these things I, I have spoken unto you that in me you may know that you in me you have peace in the world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world again jesus making that contrast between abiding in him and being in the world he says in the world you will have tribulation in me you will have peace so it's not possible for me so you can i mean jesus and every all these scriptures make a very distinct contrast between the world and god the world and jesus the world and the word they are two opposite ends of the spectrum it is not possible for me to have one leg in one place and one leg in the other it is either i'm firmly in the world or i'm firmly in christ so um titus 2 verse 11 to 12 again says for the grace of god that brings salvation has appeared to all men that's jesus teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world again also drawing the contrast between living as a christian morally upright and living in an opposite way in this world but a lot of what i'm even focused about is not even so much only about the lust of the flesh i'm talking about even having being what for instance james 4 4 james 4 4 says um ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship um, don't you know that friendship of the world is enmity with god whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of god now james lays it very clear so a friend of the world can you may you may be morally upright but you are somebody that is following the dictates of the world in terms of where your affection lies the things that you give your heart to where your investments are how you live the people who are your friends you are just totally conforming to the standard of the world in fact the world you are a friend of the world this system i mean the question we should ask is that how what does it mean to be a friend of the world a friend of the world is anybody that is opposed to the will of god opposed to the truth and the righteousness and the transparency that the word of god demands for first john 2 17 explains it when he says the world passes away and the loss thereof but he that does the will of god will abide forever so enmity friendship with the world is when we're not doing the will of god and that will of god can be in terms of obedience to the word of god or just you know the things that one does for instance, keeping quiet in the face of evil and injustice to somebody else, not caring about what happens to other people because it doesn't affect you. I mean, that's typically world-like behavior. Taking undue advantage, giving, you know, exercising your privilege without any care for those who are less privileged. You know those, you know those worldly, you know, and then reigning, you know, enjoying the privilege that you have and using it to oppress others. These are the sort of things that I would call friendship with the world. So, um, 
Yeah, so all these scriptures make it very clear that it is the person that does the will of God that will abide forever. First Timothy 6, 7-8 says, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we will carry nothing out. And therefore, having food and drink, let us therefore, food and clothing, let us therefore be content. Um, yeah, and First John two sixteen says, All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So, just living that lifestyle where, you know, I'm so overcome with everything that I have. I'm just, you know, totally just consumed with thoughts about my life on earth. What I have, what I want to acquire, where I want to go, you know, just so invested in this world to the extent that that is all I am living for. That is what God calls friendship with the world. Rather, what God expects is that every Christian should be concerned what he says we should do in relationship with the world is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature we should teach everybody to observe everything that he has said that is the way to 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 separate oneself from the ways of the world and you know i mean if i take it if i look at it personally for myself it's not something that happens you know just like that it's a journey that I am on, that many of us are on, and that every Christian should be on. And I think it, it's a journey that makes me a better person, and it's a journey that makes the world a better place for all of us. Because at least, then there is one less person who is yielding himself or herself to the use of the enemy. I mean, the story I told earlier about the man who mutilated his child, you know, I mean, did that horrible, cruel act of cruelty to his his child clearly something has gone wrong in his life i mean clearly the level of he's been so focused on his own self and his needs you know so focused on self and needs that he hasn't you know it's just really really it's 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 yeah anyways so i'll just leave it at there and i think for me because i think i mean these days i hold a mirror to myself based on what the word of god says because i see that and then when i see people who are role modeling things that are you know in the scriptures about how we should love our neighbor like ourselves and you know look out for people i take inspiration from those people I'm not necessarily looking for inspiration from people that I think are doing something completely different from that. And um, I am, yeah, so it's it's a journey that I'm on. I am thankful that I have the word of God as a compass to teach me what to do and what not to do. Because I honestly think that if I was to take you know, the way of the world, I would be a very horrible person. I would be very horrible. I would only be concerned about myself. I would only be concerned about my family and getting ahead. I wouldn't care about, you know, how my footprint affects other people, the people that I leave behind, you know. I mean, I, I, would, it, I would be a horrible person. So, and ultimately, the world would be a planet full of horrible people. You know how terrible that would be without kind loving, caring, hospitable people on earth. Imagine what this world would be like. Just imagine.
So we thank God for the people that he will continue to use to model what it means to be a good citizen, a good person, a child of God, a righteous and a holy person. And Christians should actually be the forerunners in this regard. The fact that today Christians are seen to be judgmental people, seen to be hostile people and hypocrites, shows that we as a people, we have moved very far away from what God intended for us. Because otherwise, if there is one thing we should be known for, over and above every other thing we should differentiated for, separate is love. We should be the most charitable, the most hospitable, the most caring, the most upright, the most credible people on the face of the earth. But we are not. Individual Christians are, but collectively we are not. And it's not just because we have had some kind of people infiltrate our ranks. That's true. But it's also because as a group and as a body, I think we have lost our way. And a lot of the people who are in the positions of leadership and authority are focused on other things. They are actually loving the world and they think that they can love God and love the world at the same time. They have elevated social status and a sense of belonging and platforming, you know, beyond other things. But what that has done is it has taken them away from the love of Christ. They are completely outside of the spectrum of the love of Christ. So I also can see and say, based on what I have seen in the world today, that it is actually impossible to love God and to love the world. To love God, you actually have to hate the world. You really, really have to hate the world. Like, hate it the way the apostles hated it. Hate it like the way Jesus hated it. To the point that everything that you have here, even if you were to lose it in the twinkle of an eye, it will mean nothing to you, so long as you have, have God. That's what it takes to serve God. Because any other way, it's not possible to love the two. It's just, it's just the way it is. So I'll just leave it at that and um, I pray that the Lord will do with these words that which he wishes to and he will cause me, you and I, all of us to know him for ourselves in the way that he intends and plans and that he will use us for his glory in our nations, in our communities at this time. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay dated and have a wonderful